0: Breast milk science. It's a thing. And it's our thing. We're Byheart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet: breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only US-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into ByHeart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list, like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
1: And Wax program with Bibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Car New and Johnson's self-polishing blowcoat, present Bibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. several times before, a few of the special protective finishes that the makers of Johnson's Wax have developed and are making for implements of war. I don't believe I included one very important group of these finishes, paints, enamels, and lacquers. When you think of a ship or a tank, you normally think of heavy steel plates. When you think of a large shell, you think of a steel casing. But to get these implements into the war in proper condition, and to fight the battle against rust and corrosion, requires millions of gallons of protective paints, enamels, and lacquers. Johnson's paint finishes are helping to protect the surfaces of ships, tanks, shells, mortars, hand grenades, life rafts. The list is very long. The finishes are made to meet the rigid specifications of the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Maritime Commission. When the war is over, these paints and enamels will be back doing peacetime protective service. In the meantime, any manufacturer having a finishing problem for any piece of war equipment is invited to write S.C. Johnson & Son, Racine, Wisconsin. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we present a man who is a born leader with his chin. A man who knows nothing of fear, who knows nothing of caution, who knows nothing, period. (laughs) But here, on his way to learn something from a numerologist, we find Bibber McGee and Molly.
2: This place right here, Molly. Must be up over this barber shop. Ratty looking place, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it always amazes me, dearie, that all these people who set themselves up as prophets never look like they made any. <laughs> uh, well, why look into the future just to see yourself starving to death? That'd be silly. Come on, it's time for my appointment. Oh. Are you sure this man is a numerologist, McGee? Sure, why? Well, he ought to be an astrologist. Huh? Forty more steps and he'd be within ten feet of the moon. Now, I bet this is going to be a turning point in my life, Molly. Oh, dear, you've had so many turning points already, you'll go down in history as Whirling Fibber McGee. How do you do? I am
1: Professor Cipher.
2: Pleased to come in. Now, look, bud. My name is Lee.
1: Do not annoy me with trifles which I already know. You know? Certainly. You are to the McGee and wish to consult me because your life is out of harmony with the numerical vibrations
2: of the universe. Oh, my gosh. You hear that, Molly? He knew who I was and why I came. Well, you made the appointment in your own name, didn't you? <laughs> and why should you come to see a numerologist? To get your tires recast? <laughs> I'm not particularly bold over, dearie.
1: Perhaps when the lady sees the result of this interview, she will change her attitude
2: toward the ancient science of the Egyptians. I bet you will at that, Ralph. Ah, uh, the only Egyptians I ever saw were mummies. If this undertaking is anywhere near as good as theirs, I'll buy it.
3: Please, to sit down. Thank you. You may smoke if you wish,
2: madame. Thank you, I don't smoke. The cheaper vices don't appeal to me, sir. Well, let's get at it, prop old sock. What have I got to do to vibrate eight to the bar?
1: Mr. McGee, in every living person's life force, there is an immutable,
2: unchangeable, unalterable pitch a vibration? That's what I've been telling him, Professor. All he has to do is get in there and pitch. <laughs> For each person,
1: his fortune depends upon how closely he's attuned to his vibrations. Uh-huh. If he is in harmony, good luck and health, wealth and happiness will flow about him. Uh-huh. I will advise you to change your name.
2: Huh? Change my name? That's ridiculous. Why? He changed mine, and what good came of it? <laughs> Change my
1: name to what, sir? Now, let me see. Where is my chart? Ah, yes. I would say perhaps five letters in the first name, one middle initial, and five letters in the surname.
2: That would be 11. A prime number with no common divisor, but one. That's the stuff. We want no common ordinary divisors in our name, do we do? Well, uh, what name would you suggest, bud? Well, for the first name, how about Homer? A fine old name in the classic tradition. Homer, eh? Yeah. Homer. 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 Sounds like a pigeon. Doesn't seem uh, quite right to call him Homer when he never gets to first base.
1: (laughs) Yes, Homer will do splendidly for the first name. Now a middle initial. Say K. That's the 11th letter of the alphabet. And how about Frank for the last name? Homer K. Frank. Blended.
2: Homer K. Frank. Homer K. Frank. Hey, that ain't bad. Sounds kind of distinguished. Well, come on, Mrs. Frank. Don't call me Mrs. Frank. <laughs> you can be Homer Frank if you want to, but don't include me, dearie. Oh, well, you'll come to it when you see how successful I'm going to be. How much I owe you, Pop? Ten dollars, Mr. Frank. Ten bucks. He's been called a lot of ten-dollar names in his day, Professor, but none like Homer Frank. <laughs> Madam, this is probably the greatest investment he has ever made. A mere ten dollars to lay the foundation of a fortune. For believe me, when he goes out into the world at Homer Frank, with his vibrations tune to his rightful destiny, he'll regard the forfeit sum of ten dollars as pitifully inadequate. Well, I'll bet I won't at best. Well, here you are, Prof. Thank you. Uh, good day, Professor. Good day, madame. Ah, oh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Homer Frank. Homer K. Frank. In tune with the universe at last. Lady Lux, here I come. No more fumbling and stumbling. Look off.
3: out, McGee, the stairs. Oh. McGee, are you hurt? No, no, no. Of
2: course not. Thanks to Homer and Frank. If I'd have still been McGee, I'd have busted my
3: clavicle. Oh,
4: my <laughs> God. Oh, my God.
2: Mrs. Homer K. Frank. No, I won't have it. What's the matter, Molly? What are you muttering about? McGee, I don't want to be Mrs. Homer Frank. Well, that's a distinguished name. I know a big newspaper woman in Chicago named Frank, and she's one of the finest. I don't care. I'm satisfied just to be Mrs. Fibber McGee, and goodness knows why. You haven't given Homer Frank a chance yet. I guess the professor knew what he was doing. When... Well, hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. Where you bound for? Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. And don't call me Johnny. You hear, Oldtimer? Call me Homer or Mr. Frank. Frank? Not Frank. Frank. It rhymes with... (laughs) Well, never mind what it rhymes with. What's the idea, Johnny? I mean, Frank. I mean, Frank. I got my name changed by a numerologist, old-timer. With my new name, Homer Frank, my numbers are all in harmony. He vibrates.
3: He does?
2: (laughs) Stand still a minute, Johnny, and let's see. See, he does it bad. Quivers like a yeast grain. <laughs> it's just excitement over having his numbers in harmony. Papa was in the numbers rack at once, but he couldn't get into harmony with the police. <laughs> well, this is different. This is a scientific thing. I don't know about that, John, uh, Homer. I knew a fellow changed his name. The result was horrible. It was awful. Yeah. For a while, it looked like he'd do all right. Then his luck went bad. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get hung or shot any day now. Oh, my. What was his name before he changed it? Schicklegruber. <laughs> well, I gotta be running along, kid. Gotta buy my girl, Bessie, some nuts. She's trimming a hat. Trimming a hat? What does she want the nuts for? To put on the hat, daughter. Don't be ridiculous, old-timer. What kind of nuts can you trim a hat with? Forget me.
3: <laughs> well, see you later, daughter. So Come on, <laughs>
2: me nuts. That old muzzleloader not only don't know what it's all about, he don't even suspect. Come on, Molly. I want to see a couple of guys downtown on a business deal. Going to try my luck with Homer Frank. Oh, McGee, I wish you'd give up this foolishness. I always go along with you up to a point, but this one is too sharp for me. You just keep stringing along with me, baby, and you'll wear diamonds. You've been a good kid. (laughs) One of these days, you'll be proud to be Mrs. Homer Frank. Uh, How'd you like to own a big castle in Southern California? Oh, my, that'd be simply ducky, dearie. I can hardly wait to see the happy peasants trampling out the orange juice. (laughs) Well, don't you be surprised if sometimes... Oh, look, McGee, here comes Mrs. Uppington. Uh Uh-oh, get a load of that strut. you think she'd get tired of following herself around? Now, behave yourself. Abigail is a fine woman. Oh, hello, Abigail, darling. How nice to see you. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And, Miss McGee? If you don't mind, Mrs. Uppington, please address me as Mr. Frank, Homer K. Frank
3: think your pardon
2: Yes, he's had his name changed by a numerologist, Abigail. Oh. He now vibrates in walk time, but I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> i done it for luck, Huffy. Homer K. Frank has got the right number of letters to make me harmonize with the universe. You see, everybody's personality has got what you might call a different wavelength. And the professor says... Oh, I see. Is yours a payment or just a finger wave? (laughs) Well, either way, it's enough to curl your hair. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Scarf if you want to. Be right. But one of these days, mark my word... Do you mean to say, Mr. McNeil... (sighs) Frank. Do you mean to say, Mr. Poach, that you believe this preposterous nonsense? Are you that superstitious? Oh, indeed he is. He never even lets anyone throw a hat on a bed. My cousin Stepson came to visit us from Peoria once and had to sleep standing up for a
3: week. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Have your fun, girls. Have your fun. But any scientist in the world will tell you that every living thing is regulated by vibrations, by the cosmic rhythm, by the waves. Oh, really, I must tell my sister that <laughs> she'll be sleeping. Is she a scientist, Abigail? Oh, no, she's a wave.
3: <laughs> 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 Goodbye,
2: Mr. Plunk. <laughs> <laughs> trouble with Uppington is she won't admit anybody knows anything but her. She's narrower minded. Well, give her credit, dearie. The only place she is narrow. <laughs> Look at her walking down the street there. Yeah. She was taller and better looking. She'd be high, wide, and handsome. <laughs> well, let's go, Molly. I want to get these guys. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello there, Molly. How are you, Fibber? I'm fine, Junior, but I'm not Fibber. Well, let's. Huh? I says, I'm fine, but I'm not Fibber McGee. Like you evidently mistakenly think I am, evidently. Yes. You have the dubious pleasure speaking to Mr. Homer Frink, Mr. Wilcox, no relation to Benjamin Franklin or Franklin B. Roosevelt.
1: I don't get it. Well, you see, Junior. No, no. Uh, please let Molly explain it. I'm confused enough. You were born confused,
2: son. Well, Mr. Wilcox, he went to a numerologist and got his name changed. He is now in tune with the universe, which isn't so hard right now because the universe is slightly off key. I vibrate to the right numbers now, Junior. I got
1: rhythm. Well, for anybody with as big a brass section as you've got, Val, it's a good thing.
2: <laughs> but
1: I'm glad everybody doesn't believe in that stuff. Why, Mr.
2: Wilcox? Oh, Molly. You shouldn't have off ever asked him of that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's like asking the insurance salesman what he's got in that briefcase.
1: <laughs> well, what I mean is, wouldn't it be silly of us to change the name of, say, Johnson's car on you, for instance, See? when it's so well-known and liked everywhere as the automobile polish that cleans and polishes in one easy application? See what I mean? Why, when a name means as much to car owners as Johnson's car does, why, you'd as soon break a leg as change it. Mm-hmm. You almost broke an arm reaching for that one, Junior.
2: <laughs> but he's right, dearie.
1: Certainly I'm right. Why, if we changed the name of car new, how could motorists know what to ask for when they wanted a product that was so thoroughly time-tested and customer-endorsed? A polish that's so simple and easy to use that a child could do it. That you simply apply, let dry, and wipe off with a soft cloth to get practically a showroom finish on your car. No, sir. We won't change the name of Johnson's Carnew. Well, look, Johnson uh, Junior, I wasn't suggesting. It <laughs> it's no out. use, sir. <laughs> <ever. laughs> <laughs> it's no use. The Johnson people would never hear of it, and I
2: don't blame them. Don't gone at Johnson, I says I would. No.
4: <laughs>
1: no, a thousand times no. Carnew it is and car it stays. And Racine is going to be pretty sore when I tell him you wanted to change it, too. Of all the ridiculous, stupid, fantastic ideas, to change the name of Carnu, why
4: he...
2: Your cosmic rhythm seems to have missed a couple of beats, dearie. Shucks. If Mr. Wilcox tells Racine you want to change the name of Carnu, your luck is really due for a change. And I don't mean good. Doggone it, I didn't want to change any names. That guy's got seven silver cups. He's one jumping to conclusions. I didn't mean to. Gee, was... look! Huh? Where? Right ahead of us, there's huh? a man lying on the sidewalk. Oh. Maybe he's ill. Oh, looks kind of familiar, too. Oh. Hey, that's Wimple.
3: Wow, that's Wimple.
2: Did I hear someone call my Oh, Hello,
3: folks. Hi, Wimp.
2: What's the idea of laying on the sidewalk? Just as you thanks, Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought I saw a sweetie face coming down the street. Yes, but how would lying flat on the sidewalk help in that case? Well, she told me she was going to slap me I as sure as I was a foot high. <laughs> well, you're safe, Wimp. She ain't anywhere around here. Thank you, Mr. McGee. And the name is Frank, Wimp. Homer K. Frank. Oh, how do you do? Have we met some <laughs> Well, Mr. McGee has changed his name, Mr. Wimple. A numerologist told him to for luck. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, I've got to hurry and meet Sweetie Face. She'll be horribly angry if I'm late. What's the rush, Wimple? Well, I'm meeting Sweetie Face at the Marine's Pistol Range. Oh. She's going to show them how she shoots a cigarette out of my mouth with a .44 Pistol. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that dangerous, Mr. Wimple? Oh, no, silly girl. <laughs> I never inhale. <laughs> walking the streets. Let's go home. No, well, okay. I'll start out early tomorrow and test out my new name. Let's cross over here. No, no, McGee. The red light is on We have to wait for the green. Oh, come on. We're not, yokels. There's hardly any traffic. Here, take my arm. All right, and the first truck to come along will take the other.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Where are you think you're gone? What's the idea of jaywalking? walking? Don't you know it's against the law to cross on the red light? Yeah,
2: but sure. But gee, where's the officer? you not... arguing. What's her name? My name is Molly McGee. It's... McGee, huh? Yes. And a fine old name it is, too, McCushler. Yes, indeed. And uh, what's your name? Who, me? Oh, I'm Homer Frank. Homer K. Frank. Well, never let me catch either one of you. What did you say your name was? He said it was Frank. Homer K. Frank. You don't say now, don't go away for a minute. Hey, Hennessy! Yeah? Car in the wagon! I've got Homer Frank! Wait. away. Hey! You can't take him away in the wagon for crossing against the light. I should say not. Right. That's the least of the things this bird is wanted for, ladies.
3: Huh? Homer K. Frank. Wanted in seven states for arson, murder, bank robbery, forgery, women, parole violation and bigamy. Keep your hands up there, Frank. <laughs>
2: Look here, officer. Check out you. Then take me to you. All right, make room there out of you. This man is dangerous. He is now. I am too. I mean, I will be
3: if this big baboon don't stop acting silly. Now you look here, officer. Yeah, no. I... Here comes the wagon. Dear. Don't talk now, please. Now look, I'm uh, I not. Didn't... I didn't. Hey, Molly. Molly. Yes? Get a lawyer. Call the mayor. Get the identity. Okay. Don't worry, dearie. I'll straighten it all out. I'll see you later. Come no,
1: Nothing. Oh, I got plenty of nothing,
3: and nothing's plenty for me. I got no car, got no mule, got no misery. Oh, the folks with plenty of plenty, got a lot on their door. pray oh, somebody, I'm going to rob him while he's out on me. my gal, got my lord, the my lord, that's my gal, that's my lord, that's my lord. For he changed since that woman come to live with him, how he changed, he ain't caught with chillin' no more, and ain't you hear how he invested?
2: Uh, Homer, Frank. Yeah, we know, we know. And get that spotlight out of my eye. Uh, leave me talk to him a minute, cheesy. Clancy, put down that rubber hose. <laughs> yeah, put that down. You know them things as rice and clancy. You guys are going to be sorry for this. When I get hold of the mayor, I'll... Ah, uh, shut up, Homer. Now, uh, <clears throat> what were you saying about that stick-up in Boston, Homer? I didn't say nothing about a stick-up in you. Uh, maybe
1: you'd like to tell us about that jewelry deal in Florida or that Chicago job he pulled. That better I tell you, I never...
2: Ah, uh, what's the use? All right, you guys. You want to hear about my Chicago job, do you? Well, I'll tell you about it. Now. Now you're talking sense, Homer. Write this down, Clayton. Okay, Chief. All right. So it was in the fur warehouse, see? I come in late at night, see? Must have been around midnight. Half a million bucks worth of furs in there, not a four around. See? How'd you get in? How'd you get in? Through a skylight? Skylight, he says. <laughs> what do you think I am crawling through skylights? I come in the front
3: door. Oh. Had a key made, huh? Sure, Chief. Homer's no punk. He knows your stuff. Now, let's see. Entered front door.
2: First thing I done was lock the door behind me, see? Then I took a good look around with me flashlight, see? Make sure there was nobody hiding no place, see? Don't talk so fast, see? <laughs> uh,
4: look
2: around. Nobody hiding. I got it. All right. So, the next thing I do, I ease over to the storage vault. It's locked. But that don't stop me, see? It don't? Nah. I got the combination all wrote down. I haul it out of my pocket, opens up the vault, and strolls casually inside. What a nerve. Ah, oh, it was nothing. I picks me out a bale of tables over in a the corner. There's one bale of tables in a safe room. Drags a flock of ermine rats over next to it. A <laughs> of a of Curls up on it, and takes me a nice long snoo. You what? You lay down on all those furs and went to sleep. Hmm. Sure, I had to sleep sometime. I was the only night watchman they had. You... <laughs> <laughs> and that was my job in Chicago. <laughs> ah, for the Frank, I, I, I got a good notion to poke you right on the cell and throw away the key. Oh yeah, well I know my rights, and you can't hold me here incognito like this. You don't mean incognito, Homer. You mean incommunicado. <laughs> I never know such a thing neither. Incommunicado is a fruit that grows in California. Them's avocados. I thought avocado was a kind of a run on the piano. Yep. That's, that's obligato. Lend dogs on it, what's incognito? Incognito Incognito's when you use a different name. A different name? I could think of a different name for guys like you every two seconds for the next 400 years. Then believe me... Right in here, Doctor. McGee, dearie, are you all right? Oh, sure, I'm fine. Nothing wrong with me but that that a short walk out the front door of this joint won't cure. Yes. Yes. Well, I brought Dr. Gamble to identify you, dearie. We'll have you out here in no time. Hello, Chief. Hello, McGee. Say, you got a mighty high color there, my boy. Been yelling your head off again, have you? Of course I've been yelling. These flatheads are... You know this guy, Doc? Yes, I'm afraid I do, Chief. McGee, I've told you repeatedly about watching your blood pressure, about losing your temper. If you blow up someday like a nickel balloon and pop, don't say I didn't warn you. How much are you going to charge me for that? I didn't ask you to come down here, and if you think you're going to send me a bill for medical advice... Oh, for bad- McGee. Oh, I don't pay any attention to him, Mrs. McGee. I've warned him so many times about his blood pressure. Yeah, at three bucks a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can possibly identify this bird as McGee, Doc, we'll, we'll have to turn him loose. And about time, too. I'm going to sue every one of your cops for false arrest and malpractice. Mm. There's going to be so many stars flying around here it'll look like a planetarium. I have a oh, be so quiet, McGee, quiet. Well... How are you going to identify him, Doctor? Well, there's a birthmark or something. He wasn't asking you, you bull neck, cow face, steer McGee.
3: Patient.
2: I can identify him, all right. Mm. Take off your shirt, McGee. <laughs> Doggone it, Doc! I hope I never meet you at Fourteenth and Oak Street. <laughs> I never seen you yet. I didn't have to take off something. What for this time?
1: Appendicitis scar. I operated on you. Remember? Oh. That won't prove anything, Doc. Too many people got appendicitis scars. Not
2: like mine. <laughs> Ham-handed pill roller gave me a scar, that if I ever have my face lifted, it'll show over my collar.
3: <laughs> there,
2: you see? Okay. If you guarantee this guy isn't Homer Frank, Doc, you can go. I guarantee it. Come on, McGee. Mind if I put my shirt back on first? That's <laughs> Just a
1: suggestion, of
2: course. <laughs> I don't know why they ever made such a ridiculous mistake in the first place.
1: He said he was Homer Frank, lady. Look at this circular. Homer Frank is wanted for everything but the shooting of Dan McGrew. Uh, how'd you happen to pick that name?
2: He didn't. The numerologist gave it to him. Professor Cypher.
3: Professor Cypher? Yeah, why? He's my brother in law. Huh? I gave him one of these French circulars yesterday.
2: Why, you balls the dirt. You mean he deliberately. Fr- <laughs> is- McGee, where are you going? I'm going to go back and see that professor. Print up another
3: circular, Chief. Fever McGee wants. No! No! I- I- I-
1: Should a piece of good quality linoleum last? Now, I suppose that's a hard question to answer because for one reason it depends upon how much wear it gets. But it depends upon something else even more, the care that's taken of it. If you protect it regularly with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, it will actually last six to ten times longer than if it were unprotected. The tough film of glow coat acts as a shield guarding the linoleum itself from wear. That same film of Johnson's glow coat gives the linoleum great beauty, keeps the colors looking like new. And, of course, glow Coat is self-polishing. It needs no rubbing or buffing, so it takes practically no work. There are still some women who clean their linoleum by the old-fashioned scrubbing method, which is really harmful. Now, if you're one of these, you'll find Johnson's glow Coat easier, more economical, and a great help in these days when we all need to make our things wear well longer.
2: so worried when you ran out of that police station. I thought you were really gonna get that, Professor Cypher. Yeah, I would have too. But it took me forty minutes to cross Fourteenth Street and by that time I cooled off. Why couldn't you cross? I was seeing red and couldn't tell when the light changed. (laughs) Good night. Good night all
1: Of Wallace Wimple and the old timer were played by Bill Thompson. This is Marlowe Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson White images for home and industry, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night. Tonight this program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
0: 18
4: plus.